welcome into Poke the Bear episode 108. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Happy all the Bruins news for the summer has basically been t- dumped in a sense. It is out. We know it, except for the David Poshnok extension, which we'll get to later in the episode. Uh, we have been together on this Wednesday morning, at least when we're recording this. You should record Thursday's recording Wednesday instead. Uh, the Don Sweeney press conference. I was yelling at you from outside Warrior Ice Arena. It was quite the scene. I, I thought, you know, we talked about this uh, last week about the people, um, you know, arguing out front of my house with my prospect rankings. I thought I thought they followed me. I thought they knew I was over at Warriors. Someone was going to throw tomatoes at me. No, even worse. I look up and it's Evan Marinovsky. Give me a shout out. So I, I didn't know what was going on for a second there. I panicked, got a video of it just to document in case it was someone ready to assault me. But it was just you, Evan. Always got to be careful. Shout out. Yeah, of course. Yes. Head on a swivel. The fact that I didn't yell out, nobody beats that, is uh, a real missed opportunity, I've that, been realizing as we were talking. I mean, that's how I would have known if it was like, you know, I was in a safe spot. Like, that's like almost yes. a code word that we know it's someone, a friend of the pod, if someone yes. gives a shadow like that. Yes. Uh, and there was actually a bus full of children getting off the bus. I did see the yes. Next to you. And they were waving back and yelling, hey, bestie. If you actually at the end of the video, you can hear the kids start to say, hey, buh. and he's actually saying bestie. And he's saying it to me. I guess me and him are best friends. They actually came up the stairs after. So I had to wait to record my stand up for a while because I knew that they were going to be jumping around in the back and trying to distract me. And so I said, I've just opened a can of worms I can't close. And so I had to make sure they got into the building safely before I started recording. Cause I said, these, these kids, these damn kids are going to get my video and, you know, just can't stop them. Once man of the people, happening. man of the people, Evan, clearly a man of the people, uh, but quite the day. Uh, and it was nice outside, by the way, it's not like 7,000 degrees. It's actually, you know, bearable outside. You can record video outside, which is very fun, but uh, people do not, most people do not care about our warrior, uh, Inter, you know, our, our warrior meetings escapades. and such. Yes, escapades is the word. Uh, what they do care about is the Bruins have David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron back in the fold. And what everyone is asking today, are the Bruins a top contender because of it? Um. Well, Evan, I think... <laughs> um I is th- the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the best way to put it, I think they are marginally better than they were last year with those two guys in place. Um, I think... Bergeron, barring a steep drop-off in his game, is still an elite number one center. I think you put David Krejci, I think we'll touch on this a little bit later, but I think if you surround David Krejci with high-end talent like David Pasternak or Taylor Hall, I think you're going to have a very productive second line that you could even make the argument could be the first line if you look at just how much uh, offensive potential they could really harness out there. But I still think you look at this team – uh, and whether it be the amount of injuries they're dealing with at the start of the year, or I think just the fact that you've got so many other factors that you need to work out in your favor. Uh, I think they're a team that's in the mix, which I think for most uh, NHL teams, that's all you, you're kind of looking for because any team has a chance to go on a run, a lot can change from training camp till May when the playoffs uh, really start ramping up. But I still feel like this team needs a few more things to go their way. And whether that's, um, Jeremy Swayman taking another big step forward, whether that's maybe guys who have maybe kind of stagnated a bit over the last couple of years, like a Brandon Kahlo, uh, take a big step forward. Just Jake DeBrusque, um, after last year, build off of that and become a 30 goal scorer, right? Like can, uh, guys like Zabor will be healthy and help out and take a, a step forward. Like 
I, I think this team is Craig talented. Smith's I, yeah. Craig Smith. Can he bounce back from uh, a really rough postseason last year? So there are a lot of factors I think that have to work out for the Bruins, but that being said, I also don't think these are really far fetched things. We're not being like, all right, they need Jake DeBrus to score 40 goals, right? They, they need, need Jackson to be a number one. Center. Yeah, exactly. I think anything you've kind of mapped out in terms of what needs to happen in terms of the secondary scoring, the supporting cast, all contributing. I don't think there's anything out of the, out of the question. Of course, it's putting a lot of pressure on, let's say Jeremy Swayman to be a legit number one guy, not, a Vesna winner, but take another step forward. But you look at his returns last year, it's not out of the question. So are they better? I think maybe just a little bit from last year. I think if you look at that Carolina series, if you replace Eric Holla, who again was good, I don't, you know, I won't say he wasn't, but place him with David Krejci and put him in that role. You probably get past Carolina and who knows how far you go from there. That's something we talked about that if they got past Carolina, they easily could have gone to at least the Eastern conference final. Right. So um, yeah, I think they are slightly better, but again, it's, you still need a few more things to go your way, which is usually the case for every team, right? Like you could also, we could say that about Colorado last year, who before last year had never broken through. And it's like, all right, well, they need their goaltending to be healthy. They need Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton and these guys to be healthy. They need Kale McCarr to take another next step. All things that weren't out of the question, but still need, you know, those breaks to go your way. I mean, David Krejci is clearly an upgrade over Eric Halla on paper, at least. You know, I know Halla is younger, but David Krejci is still David Krejci. The consistency is there. Uh, even I know that it was the Czech League, but still, I think they're. I still think he's still got it, and we'll get to him in a bit. You get Pavel Zaka, who's bigger, another option down the middle later on. Um, someone that you can put on the wing, big body, get to the middle. You're upgraded. But I also look at all that and I go, I feel like we've been considering the Bruins with Bergeron and Krejci this entire offseason. Like when we talk about and when we've talked in the past about where the Bruins are in the Atlantic Division and where they are in the East and in the terms of the NHL, I feel like we've included Bergeron and Krejci. This doesn't change. It's not, again, this is not like they went out and signed Nazem Kadri or they went out and signed or traded for someone that we didn't anticipate. We've basically anticipated Bergeron and Krejci back this entire offseason. So I feel like we've been talking about the Bruins in that context for a long time now. So again, I mean, the Panthers have gotten worse. They're not as good on the back end. The lightning are older. They've definitely lost some people. Uh, the Leafs in net are a huge, massive question mark with Matt Murray. And who was the other one that they got? Um, Jesus. Uh. It, it escapes me at this point. Cause they're just like, they just get random guys. Right. Um, yeah, I can't even remember. I it doesn't to, even matter. Do it, 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 that's not even a big thing. And so, so you have those three teams at the top that have clear question marks and are a little bit worse. You're a little bit better. You should be in the mix. Do I expect them to finish first or second? No. If, if things go really well, third place. If things do not go so well and they go how we anticipate, fourth place. Um, is David Ayers like the backup or something oh, out there? Maybe that's Ilya Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov was the one. Okay, so question marks, huge question marks. And again, if they didn't have the Martian and McAvoy injuries, I think we could safely say for a full season, this is a team that should be competing for the second spot in the Atlantic, right? Like, I don't think that's far-fetched for a full season. Say, so, hey, this is a group that could finish second in the Atlantic, which is a good spot to finish in. But they have those darn pesky injuries to begin the year, which set them back. Uh, again, and I know like, you know, um, Sweeney talked on Wednesday and said, oh, the forward depth can kind of spark some change there and can kind of get them through it. I still look at the back end and say you've got real question marks there without um, McAvoy and Grizzly. Uh, so when it comes to where Krejci slots in, 
because we know where Bergeron slots in. When Martian comes back, he'll go right next to him uh, and he'll be on the first line again. But I think there's a huge urgency that David Pasternak has to play with David Krejci for a full season. I know you agree on that, but do you also think that they should keep Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak together even when Marshan's not there? That's where it's going to be tough in terms of, you know, you can still look at, let's say you keep Bergeron with maybe DeBrusque and, you know, they had that good chemistry last year and you keep those guys together. And it's a situation where we've talked about in the past where you put any other guy on the right side with them. If you have a guy like Bergeron there, it's probably still going to be a pretty effective line. So whether that's Craig Smith, Fabian Lysel, maybe someone like that, at the very least, yeah, Zaka, you know, is it going to be the same uh, line of, you know, when you have Martian out there, of course not, but you know what, it'll still be at the very least, probably an effective top six grouping. So I, I think when you look at that um, again, it's not ideal in terms of maximizing the potential of that line. But I think when you look at what David Krejci brings uh, in terms of, you know, encouraging, getting more offense out of him, uh, you look at the returns he had during his short time with Taylor Hall. I think they were together for, 193 minutes, five and five ice time in 2021. And they outscored teams 14 to one. Pretty Pretty good. good. Again, that doesn't mean it's going to happen this year, obviously. But I think when you look at just how those guys complemented each other, how, I mean, it's something David uh, Krejci talked about when he was in the check about, you know, how funny it was that they did this top six reshuffle. I think you can kind of put two and two together. And I don't think this is something that, was like black and white of like David Krejci demanding in his, his terms for his one year deal that he wants to, you know, he needs to play with uh, David Pasternak, but I think you can kind of put two and two together, right? Like when you look at just uh, where he, where he works, where, who he wants to play with Krejci pretty much said that uh, playing with Pasternak in world championships was another thing that encouraged him to want to come back to play with him. So I think when you look at, um, you know, that top six configuration at the start of the year, if I'm Jim Montgomery, I, I stick Hall and Pasternak with Krejci. And at the very least, one, you get David Krejci rolling. You're probably going to pile on points in a hurry with that line together. And even if you have some growing pains or some lackluster production at the start with Bergeron and DeBrusque and Zaka or whoever, you have a pretty good safeguard in net, uh, not net, and the other rest of your top six with those guys. Because at the very least, even if maybe Bergeron and those guys aren't operating at a high level in terms of tangible production. I I'm, I'm going to make a really bold prediction here, Evan, but I think Ooh. all crazy Parsonak, I think they're going to get their goals. No way. Yeah, ah, yeah. That's, a, that's a big bet you're making. Um, I agree though. I, and I, again, I, I keep them together for a full year, get a full year out of them. Like it establish a legit, you know, that when Marshan comes back, Marshan Bergeron and either DeBrusque uh, or uh, whoever they put there, Lysel, um, you know, that's going to be a good line. Let the second line cook. Another thing that's interesting about putting Krejci with Pasternak, you're not just trying to keep David Krejci happy. There's a chance, and we talked with Don Sweeney on Wednesday about this, and he was asked about, you know, would you be nervous if you start the season and David Pasternak's not inked to an extension yet? And he said, no, I, it's, you know, totally could happen. I don't see that as a problem. So there's a chance they go into the season without an extension for David Pasternak, right? The last thing you want on his on this team's list, right? There's injuries. There's old guys at one and two. The last thing you want is a pissed off David Pasternak heading into, notif- uh, into negotiations. I almost said notifications into negotiations. That's a problem, right? You know that putting him with David Krejci will make him happy. Now, obviously he would be happy with Patrice Bergeron. That's not the point. The point is though, I don't, I think he wants to play with Krejci. 
I think ultimately that's who he wants to play with. Um, and why not do that? And I think that's an interesting thing that Sweeney might come down to Montgomery and say, hey, Jim, I don't ask for much, but you're going to have to put Poshnok with Krejci, which, by the way, is not a bad thing. It's yeah. like in Moneyball when oh, Billy Bean man. comes down and it's like, hey, you're not playing Pena tonight. Uh, we traded him. Maybe yes. like, you're not playing Poshnok tonight. We traded him. It's like, no, I, but- I, I hate to inform you, but <laughs> yeah, you're going to put the the proven second line center with one of the best goal scorers in the league. Like, <laughs> Ooh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to infringe, but no, that's all I'm asking for. Montgomery's like, I can't do this. It's just, I, I can't be here. This is too controlling. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting thing to watch. And again, obviously playing with Bergeron is still great, but I still think uh, Poshnok wants to play with Krejci given how hard he recruited him. And Bergeron did, by the way. Bergeron also did. Another interesting thing, by the way, that Tweeney mentioned on Wednesday was um, how uh, once Bergeron agreed to come back, that was kind of like Krejci's thing. Like, all right, now I'm coming back too. Like, right. I think if Bergeron said, I'm not coming back, I don't think Krejci would have. Um, but Bergeron came back. Uh, Krejci did too. Uh, safe bet that a second line of those three, of uh, Hall, Krejci, and Poshnak does really, really well. But you know what's even a safer bet? Our good friends at Bet Online. Right you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. I- our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off seasons, but over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and with preseason action upon us, even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online, where the game stats. Stats. Where the game stats. So, uh, Krejci is an interesting case. 36 years old, a year removed from the NHL, was in the Czech League last year, I believe had... 44 points in 51 games or was it 46 it was something it, very close close to a point per game pace it was yeah it was pretty solid it was right around there and then he was good in the olympics i think he had four points in like three games or something again i'm trying to go off like hockey db off the top of my off the top of my head here which is never a safe idea um but still a year removed i think he's going to be very insulated if he is playing with taylor hall and david posternock uh but just going off Krejci alone, do you think he's still a top six player? I think he is in terms of one, his skill set, which it'd be one thing if this was a guy in Krejci who the bread and butter of his game for years has been his speed or, you know, his shot or anything like that. I think for David Krejci, he's got a skill set that, again, maybe he's not the same player he was when he was 24, 25, obviously, but I still think he's a guy whose talents don't necessarily erode with with age uh, nearly as much he's a guy that likes to dictate the pace of play usually tends to operate at a bit of a slower pay, uh, pace um you know a guy who sees the ice very well so i think for him it's the skill should still be there and again i think it a lot of it hinges on who he's got next to him like eric Halla was on pace for a 65 point season <laughs> if he played an entire year with with Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. So you, I think you put in a guy like David Krejci, who again, a little bit older, but uh, you, you see his, you know, passing ability is still there. Um, I think you put him with a guy who pretty much can be a cheat code when he's on in Pasternak in terms of that one timer and a guy in Taylor Hall who can kind of make something out of nothing with, with his wheels as well. 
Um, I think you keep those guys together. And especially I imagine they'll be utilized more in a offensive role where probably a little bit more of a favorable uh, zone stats and things like that. Again, I'm not saying that David Critchie is going to go out there at 36 going on 37 and have his first 90 point season, of course, but I don't think it's with, you know, out of the question, I was kind of confused when I saw when the news first happened, people were thinking that he's either washed or injured, which I still find the odd, the, the weirdest narrative that Krejci's often injured, which I, I really don't find that to be something that no. has followed him around that much, but he was what he gets banged up like every couple of years and misses like 10 ish games, but he's not who doesn't. In, in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in hockey. Right. So Again, I don't think he's going to set a career high by any means, but to think that he's going to come back and playing with guys like Poster not going to haul, he's going to be a a forty point guy. I don't see that being the case. Imagine uh, he comes out for training camp and he's just awful. Like imagine he's slow that would be less than ideal for the Bruins, Evan. <laughs> Let me tell you, that would <laughs> not be out, great. He comes out, he's just like bent over, like <gighs> like just like can't keep up, and he's you know just like does not look like that would be a quite that would the be l- not twist. great. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you, that would that would be something. Um, I don't expect that to be the case, but we will see in training camp how what does he look like again. Obviously, a lot of guys look good in practice, but in preseason games and scrimmages, like what does he look like? I think it's gonna be. Uh, quite the interesting observation. And again, as you said, like being between Hall and Pasternak, you don't, we saw it with Eric Halla last year. Again, no disrespect to Eric Halla, solid player, but playing was overachieving like crazy. I, I don't like that's the thing. Krejci in that spot, that's his spot. So uh, again, I expect him to be a top six player this year. Speaking of top six players, uh, David Pasternak extension, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of the next, the big piece of news people expect next. Because now Bergeron's out of the way, Krejci's out of the way, Saka's out of the way. Now it's Pasternak. Everybody was hoping that the David Pasternak news would come um, on Monday when it was August 8th. Everyone ate eight. Uh, and with all the other big news, uh, remember uh, we did a live Bruins beat. Someone replied, oh, Poshnok has re-signed eight years, 80, 88 million uh, per Friedman. And I was like, there's no way that's true, but I want to make sure just in yes. case. I don't want to miss it, especially with it live. Um, but Sweeney talked on Wednesday, didn't really give anything new to it. The only new part was that he was okay going into the season uh, without a deal. Um, again, unless Poshnok doesn't want to return, I don't see why this is taking time i feel like this would be an easy i mean i know money is the most important thing but it feels like if he wanted i I still think he wants to come back i'm not saying he doesn't but i'm surprised that it's taking this long yeah i have to imagine i know sweeney as you just said uh sweeney noted that they'd be fine going to the season with no extension i have to imagine they'd rather not do that i have to imagine you and this is like "Ah, we'll we'll do it in december well no big deal and again who knows what could be potential delays in terms of really gaining traction. I know Pasternak has been over in Europe for most of this summer. He's over there right now still. So maybe it's something where, uh, you know, Don Sweeney uh, mentioned during the draft that he spoke to some of his agents. So maybe it's something you lay some of the groundwork there. And then when Pasternak gets here a week or so before training camp starts, that's when you try to hammer something out. Because again, not many, no revelations here, but uh, I think the Bruins would love to get a new deal signed either before camp or during the preseason, just so you don't have that hanging over you. Because we've talked about it countless times before. The last thing you want to do uh, is have that narrative continue over the span of a season. If Pasternak is, you know, opens the year with 12 goals in his first six games, then it's like, oh, geez, they have to pay him 12 million now. Or if the Bruins scuffle out of the gate, which could happen based on the injuries 
then we have a stretch where it's, you know, they're 10 and 10 and 15 in November. And it's like, well, are they going to actually rebound or should they just trade Pasternak now? Like you've got so many narratives that I don't think the Bruins want to deal with in this year that is clearly focused on trying to go for it. So I have to imagine once Pasternak gets back from Europe, they really try to make uh, inroads there and try to get a deal done. And as you said, I don't think it's a situation where the Bruins are hesitant to pay him. I don't think it's a situation where Pasternak is unhappy with the situation. They clearly have done stuff to make him happy. David Krejci's back. You have a guy in Pavel Zaka who we play with, uh, you know, in juniors. Um, you know, he enjoys playing here. I think he enjoyed last year the the added responsibility of being uh, more of a veteran guy, getting the A on his sweater. So it all, all signs point to, you know, not really a contentious, I would say, contract negotiation. But I think you need to start making that progress now, hopefully once Pasternak gets back uh, stateside and really kind of hammer that deal out. Because not only is it, you know, obvious that you'd like to keep Pasternak long-term beyond what this current core is, but you don't want just that narrative hanging over you over the course of an entire season like that. Yeah. This feels like a training camp sign. Don't you think like you were going to be sitting in a training camp one day and it's going to come in and it's like, Oh, Pasternak is re-signed for eight years and something around 88 million. Like I, that's what I would expect. Right. Like I, I, that just feels like a training camp sign. I don't expect it to go into the season. Um, Like I said, again, I will still be kind of concerned if they go into the season with no yes. deal done. I will. I, again, because this once the season gets going and you're in the rhythm of the year and you're winning games and you're losing games and people are unhappy and people are ha- like all that stuff, the factors of the season. I don't love how that bodes because people can change. Uh, the, uh, the baby might think people can change. You know, sometimes the baby thinks people can change and thinks it doesn't. So nice. I think you should leave reference. Yes. Season three, season three needs to come out, by the way. We need, um, we need more content, Evan. Waiting on it, especially this summer, especially the next couple of weeks when uh, now we're going to be kind of, it's not going to be much with the Bruins. Uh, maybe that Mason Lowry interview can finally come out. The joke is that never, the, the, never the lost tape. It, it, <laughs> we added to the other uh, episode we recorded and had a scrap. That was after Cassie got fired, right? We had like a whole episode and we yep. just completely gone. Someday we'll release all of them together and you can yes. listen to them in the timely fashion uh, that you would like to. Uh, another piece of Bruins news. They signed Pavel Zaka one year, 3.5 million uh, base. Uh, it's funny because I think we kind of expected some sort of multi-year deal, whether it be two or three years. It's only one. And the risky part of this is if Pavel Zaka has a terrific year this year, right? Let's say Pavel Zaka puts up like 50 points, right? Like that'd be a lot. And you're suddenly like, damn, he deserves some more money and longer term. And by the way, one year does not take away from the fact that he has been a tad inconsistent in the beginning years of his career. So giving a four year, $5 million deal to a guy like Zaka after a 50 point year would still be risky is it, or do you think it was a bad move to go with one year with him? I think it kind of falls in line with that. I think what the Bruins are thinking, especially this year, where it's clear they're trying to go all in this season where, all right, maybe we're, we're not paying out as much for Zaka, which allows them a little bit more flexibility in terms of not being severely over the upper limit, um, you know, two, $3 million in the hole per se. But um, for them, it's, trying to maximize the value of a player like him, put the the prove it deal on the table for him that hopefully motivates him ahead of unrestricted free agency to put together a career year. And you kick that problem further down the line in terms of eventually doling out a, a larger contract to him. But yeah, there's plenty of risk. Cause as you said, if he's 
takes another big step forward and he's a 45, 50 point guy. And who knows where exactly he fits into the lineup or whether he breaks through, but you have to imagine he's either getting top six minutes out of the gate or even on a third line with, let's say, Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. The way he kind of plays and his skill set seems like it would translate pretty well to those guys. Not to say that they're going to be a revelation by any stretch of the imagination. They become the first line. (laughs) Right. But you look at them all together and they all very well could put together a 40 point season. Those guys all have the caliber, you know, in them, especially Smith and Coyle, have at least given you 40 points, you know, 35, 40 points a year. Um, So then you go into this upcoming season where let's say you sign Pasternak for even like below market value at nine and a half million. I think Ty Anderson kind of crunched the numbers here. If you have Pasternak on a contract for nine and a half million, you have Krejci and Bergeron's bonus overages going into next year. So that's four and a half million. I think you're stuck at about 12 million in cap space with five forwards signed. Not great. Not, not exactly a whole lot to, especially in terms of not even knowing who you have down the middle at one C and two C then having to then pay a guy like Saka, what? Five million, five two five. If he if he has a, a really encouraging season, so it's definitely risky. It falls in line with what I think the Bruins are looking for for just this year, looking through that lens. But again, we could be looking at this situation and even in December. And let's say it's uh, the middle of December, and he's already got 28, 29 points, and he's on pace for a you know a career year. And you're like, oh, kind of wish they had signed him then. But we'll see. Who knows? It could be another year where he kind of struggles, or he's the same 30 point guy that we've seen in years past. And he kind of falls, stays within that market range, but time will tell, I guess. And I, I mean, again, I asked me about this on uh, Wednesday in a sense, like it, you know, do you view him as someone who uh, can potentially be a top six center for you when Krejci and Bergeron are gone? And he said, basically, yes, that's what they view it. So he's going to ask to get paid like one. And suddenly, again, he's not a consistent player, even if he has a really good year this year. And I guarantee you, he's going to look good this year at times. There are going to be times he goes on streaks and is really good. I think he's going to fit in well with this team. But again, to pay, to to be like, all right, he's a second line center of the future. It's risky. It's it's just really risky. And for the money that he's going to end up probably getting, if he does have a good year this year, which again, I would expect him to do so, that's going to be a risky move. And again, just going forward with the cap, and everything like that. And maybe, you know, Poshnok's happy to play with a guy like Zaka because he's, the, the, you know, they're both from the Czech Republic and all that stuff. But I just, it, it's a risky move. It's a risky move. And uh, if that's, you know, again, if they get, if they can find a way, like, again, this is going way far in the future, but if they can find a way after Bergeron and Krejci to have a legitimate number one center and you have Pavel Zaka notching you 50 points a year as a second line center, that's not all that bad, actually. That isn't that terrible. But, that's a huge if because <laughs> they got to really find a way to find a legit number one center after this Bergeron Krejci era ends. Cause it's been years now that we've been saying this and it is yet to happen. Uh, speaking of number one centers, by the way, we're just rolling through speaking of speaking of speaking of uh, the Islanders. There's a few reports over the past couple of weeks that they are about to sign Nazem Kadri. Um, I think David Pagnota from the fourth period reported something like that. Uh, there was a scout for someone uh, in the USHL, I think, who reported this. Kevin Weeks just tweeted out before we came on that the Islanders are expected to announce a bunch of moves. We know that the Islanders love to announce like five different moves at once. Yes. So this would not be surprising. Uh, unlike the Bruins, who just tweeted pictures of the players and said, like, you can guess, you can figure yeah. out what you want. Um, but if the Islanders did get Nazan Kadri, right? Because we've written off the Islanders this year. I don't like in all the talks we've had, 
Because again, those wild card spots can be very important, especially for a team like the Bruins, who might be needing a wild card spot to get in the playoffs. We keep looking at the Metro, and we circled off the obvious ones like the Hurricanes and the Rangers uh, and the Penguins and the Capitals. But then we say, all right, like the Blue Jackets have Goudreau now; they might be a, a legit threat for the wild card. Philly has John Tortorella; maybe they do that. New Jersey, but we always write off the Islanders, given they lost Barry Trotz, and this past year was not a good one. Uh, they might lose Dano Chara too, so the whole team might just freaking fall apart at this point. Um, but the Islanders, you get Nazem Kadri in there, and you got Kadri and Barzal, I would imagine, down the middle. I guess I don't know where that puts Bovillier, unless he plays the left side. Um, but anyways, I mean, do you think the Islanders could be in the mix now? Like, I mean, should people think- be afraid of them? I mean, I think they can be in the mix. It's just uh, you kind of look at just how many guys regressed last year. And obviously they had some other factors like they were probably the team that got uh, hurt the most by COVID because it happened pretty early on in the season when the the NHL was still like, we don't really know what to do. Keep on playing. <laughs> like, roll out an AHL team. What are you going to do? Remember that game? Was, I think you're mentioning it now, but the game where the Bruins went to New York and... Uh... That game that, like, just shouldn't have mattered. I don't think anyone put any stock into that game. I think, like, that was the quickest recap I've ever done after a game where I'm like, this game shouldn't have happened. This is dumb. Like, don't even count this game. Like, I it's have funny. nothing to take away from it. My, my high school hockey team that I was having, like, their opening game, and I was home, and I was like, you know what? Do I watch the Bruins play this nothing game against the Islanders? Do I go watch... old high school hockey team. I was like, I'm going to watch an old high school hockey team. I don't need to to see this. So, I I mean, I think they will be a solid team. It's going to depend. I think the one thing you have to worry about with the Islanders is uh, in terms of guys bouncing back or guys maybe building off of last year. I think Sorokin is a very underrated goalie. Um, Had Vesna love this year. Yeah, he yeah he was legit on a bad team. So, if they are, you know, have more guys that bounce back and he's still the same goalie he was last year, they could go on a run. Again, I think what what you see, what you saw last year with a team like the Rangers, who all things considered pretty flawed roster, but then Shesterkin went sicko mode and it didn't matter, yes. right? Like, and that's not to say that all of a sudden he's going to, Sorokin's going to have a 930 save percentage, but he has the talent within him. So more than anything, is it something you have to worry about in terms of them being in front of the Bruins in the wild card? I probably wouldn't say so in terms of just the overall talent, but it's just going to further complicate things. It's kind of the same as you look at like Ottawa and Detroit, where are they better than the Bruins? I don't think so, but it just makes the road that much tougher where it's not like you don't really have another tomato can or a matchup that you can easily look at and be like, all right, they should get two points out of this. Like even if Ottawa is still a step below them, they're still going to probably give the Bruins a run for their money in a lot of these games, right? It just makes it that much tougher when you look at, you know, there's not a team like Arizona or any of these other punching bags that the Bruins can kind of rely on for points, especially early on in the season. I mean, there's Montreal, but that's not like yeah. much. That's one. Yeah, it's one team, right? Yeah, that's not great. So again, I I don't think the Islanders are going to be in the playoffs next year. I think that has that chasm. The Kadri contract, I put them together, put his names together. The Nazem Kadri contract, if it is, in fact, seven years. Yikes. Good for Kadri for securing the bag. I never blame the player. Like, if someone's willing to do that, it's like the Krug contract we always said with here. Like, it just is not a good move for the Bruins, but I hope he gets paid every dollar he has earned because he's earned a lot. Kadri's a guy who, seven-year deal, good for him. But for the team, it's like seven years at potentially that kind of money is a lot. That is a lot. So that is a, that's an Islanders team, by the way, that's hampered with a lot of weird contracts that are not exactly an old team. It's a very old team. And they just got older. If they did in fact sign as a we're saying this as if those reports are true. So I expect something to come out in the next couple of days about that. Cause usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, Anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over PSJ? 
Yes, uh, we'll continue, Evan, to break down the uh, Bergeron and Krejci news. We'll look at depth charts. We'll look at all kind of the fallout from Monday's news dump. Again, I don't expect there's going to be a lot of new developments over the coming weeks. So we'll have plenty, though, uh, to to parse through in terms of this roster. Bounce back candidates, uh, guys who can kind of pull on the rope to help out this established core. All that stuff we'll uh, dissect over at BSJ. So please subscribe at bostonsportschannel.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Poke the bear. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 